Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Dan Baldwin back with us. Dan is an author, co-author, ghostwriter with more than 60 published works, 50 under someone else's name. Dan discovered his psychic abilities late in life, calls himself a psychic on training wheels. Pendulum dowsing is his skill. We'll talk about that, too. His latest work is called The Paranormal Pendulum 2, What the Spirits Say. He had another book called The Paranormal Pendulum, Dowsing the Departed. Dan, welcome to the program. It's good to have you back. Yeah, George, it's delightful to be back with you. And how are things? Everything okay, I trust? Things are wonderful. The, the pendulum is swinging very well these days. Excellent. How did you get involved in ghostwriting? Uh, it was luck of the draw. I was doing some uh, some advertising work, you know, copywriting for one of my clients. This is oh god, twenty five years ago, and uh, the, my uh, my client was had a contract with the uh, the dummies people, and they said, you know, we, we need to write a uh, for dummies book. Would you be interested in writing it for us? And I said, well, of course. And so uh, that turned out to be so. Uh, so uh, fruitful for, for both of us that they they hired me to write three or four more or more books, and they recommended me to somebody else who recommended me to somebody else, and it's you know basically sixty books later. That's amazing. It's sixty wonderful. sixty books is just incredible. I've got seven out there, and I've written many of them with co-writers who are on the book with me. Uh, so just the, the fact that you've done sixty is just remarkable. Yeah, the novels are much easier, but uh, I, I really enjoyed the ghostwriting. But my psychic buddies get a kick out of my business card. It says, you know, uh, writer, uh, I said, writer, editor, ghost. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, not only are you a ghost writer, but you're interested in ghosts per se, aren't you? Very much so. It's, uh, and this is something that, you know, I never planned in my life. You know, if you had asked me 20 years ago, would I be writing books about uh, talking to spirits or even talking to spirits, I would have said, you're crazy. How does, you know, yeah. One thing has led to another, and it's it's opened up an entirely new uh, new field for me. How'd you get involved in this? I started out uh, oh, back in again about twenty years ago. I uh, I'm not a clear audience. I don't hear voices. Okay. But one day I heard a clear voice. I mean, out of out of the blue, I was out by myself, and it said, "You know, go find missing children." Clear as a bell. My gosh. And that that. Impetus stayed with me for about oh god three months. You know, and it was a overpowering feeling. You know, I just could not shake it. And you know, I finally did the obvious and just stood out in the in the wilderness and said, "Okay, show me the door. I'll walk through it." And uh, then it hit me. Well, uh, I've always heard that psychic ability runs in one side of my family, the side that I take after. And I said, "Well, maybe that'll work for me." Uh, you know, I'm not a trained cop. I'm not a trained investigator. But if I can develop a psychic ability. Uh, you know, maybe that's the way I can go find kids. And so I started hanging around psychics and hanging around psychic psychic bookstores. And one day, uh, one of my psychic friends showed me how to do a pendulum. I said, that's for me. I can do that. And uh, I'm self-taught, and it just took off from there. Do you hold the pendulum over a map? Yeah, you can do that. That is one of the techniques, and uh, I use that frequently. And what other ways do you use it? Basically, you ask questions. You know, you hold the pendulum up, it, and a pendulum is just a rock on a string. And gen, I'm generalizing, but if right. you ask a question, you ask a yes or no question. You know, is this missing person, uh, you know, in Phoenix? And it'll swing right for yes. It'll swing no for left. For for uh, it'll swing left. For right, no. like you would shake your head up and down right, and exactly. sideways, same point. And, and through a series of questions, uh, you can you, you know you can eliminate a lot of information and. and 
and uh, narrow down your research to, to very specific areas. Is it your subconscious that is moving the pendulum, Dan, or is there some force from outside doing it? Uh, it's an, somewhat of an oversimplification, but when you work the pendulum, your, uh, your conscious mind looks at the pendulum. It's a little bit like hypnotism, you know, watch the watch, watch the watch. So while your conscious mind is occupied, that frees up your subconscious mind, and your subconscious mind uh, taps into whatever it is we tap into, you know, the higher power. And the higher power sends the answer down to the subconscious. The subconscious then, then moves the finger, finger muscles. So actually, your finger muscles move the pendulum. So in the case of, a, let's say, a missing child, yeah. um, do police come to you? How does, how, do, how does that originate, first of all? Yeah, generally, uh, uh, in my experience, I've only worked with the authorities. Uh, if a family comes to me or, or, or my associates, uh, we will contact the police and work with the police assigned to that case, not directly with the family. Okay, and generally, I would guess the police already know about this? Yeah, generally. And, and generally, when somebody like me, when I say me or I, I'm talking about a lot of psychics out there. I'm speaking for other people. But generally, when I get called into a case, it's, it's a cold case. And is it always end tragically, or are there not some... Always. I, I've actually helped find people. And in some cases, I've helped, when, it's, when the, when the uh, situation is tragic, I've helped uh, you know, bring the perpetrator to justice. That's, That's good. Satisfying. That is good. A- absolutely. Yeah, and even, now, uh, I will say, even if you find, uh, you find someone who is, who is deceased, you do have, you provide closure for the family, so that's something. And the, the children who are found, are they generally just kids who walk away and get lost, or who are they? Generally, uh, the ones I've worked with have been kidnappings. Oh, my God. Kidnappings or murder. Okay. And we worked one, uh, God, uh, you know, the rule of thumb is if you don't find them within 24 hours, chances are your, your victim is dead. But we found one, there were, I think, four or five hours working the case, and we found a cold case, and she was still alive, alive after 18 years. And we found her, and she was rescued. And the, the, the kidnappers were put in prison. I'm here in the St. Louis area right now, and I remember the late Sylvia Brown telling the parents of Sean Hornbeck that he was dead, mm-hmm. and they found him years later, grown up. And uh, that was that was unbelievable, Dan. Yeah, it happens. It does. Yeah, thank God it does happen. An interesting thing that comes about sometimes, uh, uh, this kind of ties in with working with the spirits, but sometimes when we when the psychics uh, like myself are out on uh, actually working the case and pounding the ground, you know, uh, doing like a grid search with a search and rescue team, or usually it's uh, search and recovery. But sometimes the spirit will show up and actually help you find the body. Or in some cases, I've had cases where the spirit says, I do not want to be found because uh, I don't want my parents to see what I look like right now. That's happened a couple of times. That's interesting. Yeah, they said, you, you won't find me for, uh, for a year. But they do give you closure eventually, don't they? Yeah, eventually, yes. And that's, that, you know, that's incredible you know, for a family to, to at least they know. You know, they're not out there lost. You know, is my kid alive? Is he dead? I, I don't know. I mean, that's got to be horrible for a parent to go through. Oh, yeah. A missing child. I mean, absolutely horrible. Well, we'll it's not we'll, easy for the psychic working the case because sometimes, you you know, you really get wrapped up in these cases. I was going to say, does it get emotional for you, too? Yeah, you, uh, you have to develop uh, the ability to compartmentalize things. You really have to, otherwise you can go crazy. But, you know, there, there are a couple that sneak through. And, yeah, they're, they're with you all the time. And not that you're desensitized by any means, 
but uh, you do have to somewhat uh, create a shield or, or you're really involved. Yeah, you have to because at some point, if, if you get too emotionally involved in every case, you're going to drop out because it's, it's too overwhelming. You know, the emotional drain on you is just it, it, it's too painful. So you have to compartmentalize if you want to help more people. Well, with Dan Baldwin, his latest book is called The Paranormal Pendulum 2, What the Spirits Say. Tell me about that title, Dan. Well, um, yeah, remember last year we talked about the book, The Paranormal Pendulum, Dowsing the Departed. Right. And uh, I had not intended on writing you know, What the Spirits Say, but I got through with the, the Dowsing the Departed book, and it occurred to me that I had all this, all this beautiful material. It wasn't heavily researched, but I covered a whole lot of very interesting topics. I said, I know people would be very interested in learning about this stuff. You know, are there pets on the other side? Is there a white light? Are, are, are there guardian angels? Uh, you know, is, is there, are there people on the other side waiting for me? That kind of thing. And so I said, well, I've got a whole book here. So I, I, you know, I, I pulled all the information together, organized it, and wrote an entirely book and you know, got 400 pages out of it. That's amazing. It really is. And this one's all yours. It's all mine. You, now, you did some research about locations. Tell me about that. Yeah, I researched uh, from basically uh, Arizona, New Mexico, and a good bit in Louisiana. We went to different kind of places. Uh, we researched a place over in Louisiana called Poverty Point. I'm sure you've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, one of the most important uh, ancient uh, Native American sites in, in America. And we researched places like uh, museums, haunted houses, uh, you know, haunted uh, Haunted Mines. I went to a place called Massacre Canyon over in uh, New Mexico, which is was one of the Apaches' favorite ambush areas. So yeah, it covers a, a lot of territory. Are these areas uh, haunted? Uh, yeah, haunted is kind of a uh, it's kind of a misnomer. Uh, something that came uh, that came through this uh, this research is uh, you know ghosts aren't trapped at any particular spot. Uh, they're very mobile. Uh, if they, uh, if you encountered a ghost at a haunted house, it's because that ghost wants to be at that haunted house. They want to be there, yeah. right? So there, there are a, a couple of exceptions. There are rare occasions where spirits are trapped, but they're self-trapped. Have you ever come across a spirit, Dan, that you didn't like? Uh, no, I've come across some uh, playful spirits before, and I've come across a couple of angry spirits, but I've never had a... Uh, what I would consider uh, a demonic or evil encounter doing my spirit work. Not, now, not one. Is it because you're lucky or what? They're, they're, they're just not there? No, I think it's attitude. Yours? Uh, yeah, 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 my attitude. I think uh, one of the things I, I try to tell people, if you want to get into uh, researching haunted houses, remember that when you go in there, you're still going into somebody's house. Uh, you know, the spirits who are there are there because they want to be there, because they're reliving a pleasant experience. So you want to go in showing courtesy and respect. Uh, for example, there's a, uh, a place called the Spring Street Museum in Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana. It's one of the oldest buildings in town. And it was back in the 1880s, it was a business, very prominent business, and it was owned by a very prominent family, some of the founders of the community. And it's now a museum. But they come back there because they had pleasant experiences there. It was their place of business. They they liked the people. Uh, they enjoyed the, they enjoyed work, so they go back there to enjoy that environment. And they had a great time. Yeah, and I ask them, well, do you see it as it was, or do you see it as it is, or do you see it as it was and as it is? 
And they said yes on the latter. So they can see it as it was back in the 1880s, or they can see it as, uh, you know, with, with Dan walking in swinging this crazy pendulum. <laughs> uh, do you bring the pendulum with you wherever you go? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Okay, interesting. And now, have you discovered anything, any curveballs, any surprises when you were doing your research? Uh, always, always. It, it, there's always a surprise. Yeah. What surprises you the most? Um, you know, two things that really hit me. One was uh, the attitude of suicide. I always thought that that would be kind of a no-no. You know, when you get to the other side, you would get some sort of uh, uh, psychic spanking for t- for taking your own life. But uh, my friend George Sewell and I uh, researched uh, a, um, the old firehouse over in Bozier City, Louisiana, and we met a fire met one of the old fire chiefs who, in the early part of the, the 20th century, had died and committed suicide. Turns out his son and several others had gone down under underground and had gotten killed by poison gas that had seeped down in there. Oh, jeez. And uh, the, the other firemen, you know, just fought like hell to keep the keep the father from going down there to try to rescue his son. Because he would have died, too. Yeah, he would have died, too. So after you know, after the funeral and everything like that, the, the father just, uh, you know, he just couldn't handle it. He was a fire chief, but he couldn't handle losing his son, and he committed suicide. Oh, gosh. So I talked to the father about this. I said, you know, What's you know? In a, I'm boiling down a long conversation, but basically, what's the attitude over there about suicide? Uh, do, do you regret doing that? And he said, absolutely not. I said, you did the right thing. He said, I did the right thing. This is the right thing for me to do. And I said, were there were there any consequences spiritually for you? He said, no. That surprised me. That is surprising. I'm not sure I personally would agree with that, uh, but uh... yeah. And, and keep in mind, in, in this book, this is uh, you have to when you read this book. Remember, this is what I have been told by the psych, by the spirits that I have interviewed so far. Now, how do you communicate with the spirits with a pendulum if you're just doing yes and no's? You interview them like uh, like you and I are, are talking right now. You just have a conversation. It's just a very structured conversation. Do you hear them through the pendulum, basically? You don't hear them through the pendulum, but... Uh, no, I don't mean audio-wise, but I mean just visually. Yeah, you get the, you get the movement, yes or no. Again, you're working generally with, the, uh, with, with your higher power. To me, again, this is my speculation, but I think uh, one of the reasons the pendulum works so well is the, the spirit can communicate basically spirit to spirit with a higher power, which makes the communication a little bit stronger. I've always wondered, when somebody dies... Mm-hmm. If they realize they're dead, yeah, that was something I really wanted to know because you always hear that uh, spirits are trapped in a haunted house or the haunted railway or whatever because they die so quickly they don't know that they're dead, and they tell me that's absolutely false. They said, "Yeah, when you die, you know it. You know it. You know you're aware of it. It's not like a bad dream or anything like that." No, they say uh, they, you realize you're dead, and from that moment on, you pro- you progress like everybody else does. Do they talk or discuss reincarnation with you? Yeah, that was another interesting thing. Uh, I was kind of a skeptic on uh, on reincarnation. I didn't disbelieve it, didn't believe in it, and I started asking them about it. And uh, the different ones that we spoke with all said pretty much the same thing, that reincarnation is real, it's, it's definite, but it's not mandatory, it's not automatic. When you get up, That's one of the choices you have when you get on the other side. Dan, if a spirit reincarnates... Is it gone from the plane where you were able to communicate with them? I mean, do they can they separate into like two different uh, facets? Yeah, that's another thing. Well, uh, my friend George Sewell uh, 
term termed it stacking, but apparently the, uh, a spirit is able to, uh, for lack of a better term, multitask. Be in two places at one time. Words, yeah, you can be on the other side as a spirit. You can also, I guess, separate and come down here as a spirit and and enjoy the the, the existence you had back then or communicate with the psychics. What is the light? The light is apparently just a tunnel. Uh, everybody goes through it. I asked them about it, and they were telling me that uh, one, you go, you go through it alone. You're by yourself, but it's a very pleasant. It's a very pleasant experience. It definitely is a white light. There's a very a definite sense of, of motion, but it's very pleasant. And uh, you know, from the moment you depart, you go through the light, uh, and then you arrive on the other side, and that's where you have you know your friends and your family or, or whatever to greet you. But you travel in the light uh, solo. One of the interesting things I discovered about traveling in the light is that they have an up, they they can see other dimensions. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. Well, how many different dimensions are there out there? I have no idea, but I, I, I'm assuming there's a there's a bunch of them. But they they can definitely see them. I said, is it possible for you to redirect the light and go to another dimension? And they said, no, that's impossible. You know, you're you're going you know when you when you cross over here, you're going to go to your destination. But there definitely are other dimensions that they can, they are, they are aware of them. Is there any regret on the other side that they, that they died? I haven't come across any. Huh. Yeah, I've, I've come across situations where they want to go back and re-experience, you know, pleasant, you know, pleasant times and happy times and good times. But uh, they seem to be satisfied with, uh, you know, I'm in a pretty good place here. But I want to go back there and visit, you know, Aunt June or, or my husband in 1835 or whatever. And they have the ability to do that. Do they lose emotion? I mean, do they say, it's so sad because, you know, I didn't have a chance to say goodbye to my kids or whatever. Yeah, I think the, I think the emotions stay with you. Now, I don't know how long, you know, once you get over there, there are different levels of, uh, I call it spiritual growth. But at the basic level, the, the landing platform level, as I call it, uh, there are definitely emotions there. Have you ever had a spirit that admitted they wish they didn't die? No, I haven't. Of course, I haven't really asked that question in, in that manner. I'd love to hear that. I don't think. I, I think the answer would be no across the board. One of the things that we got, uh, we were reading one of the paranormal books where somebody said uh, a spirit told them that uh, their feeling was like uh, that when they arrive, I'm everywhere at once and I love it. And so we, uh, during our investigation, we asked probably half a dozen or more spirits, you know, do you have that feeling? You know, I am everywhere at once, and I love it. And we got across the board, yes. So when you, you, know, when you cross over, uh, I don't think there's any regret whatsoever. You're, you're feeling too good. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.